the fire sermon. Thus have I heard. The Blessed One was once living at Gaya Sisa in Gaya with a thousand bhikkhus. There he addressed the bhikkhus. Bhikkhus, all is burning. And what is the all that is burning? Bhikkhus, the eye is burning. Visible forms are burning. Visual consciousness is burning. Visual impression is burning. Also, whatever sensation, pleasant or or painful, or neither painful nor pleasant, arises on account of the visual impression, that too is burning. Burning with what? Burning with lust fire with hate fire, with delusion fire. I say it is burning with birth, aging, and death, with sorrows, lamentations, pains, griefs, despairs. The ear is burning, and so on and so forth. The nose is burning, so on and so forth. The tongue is burning. The body is burning, the mind is burning, mental objects are burning, mental consciousness is burning, mental impression is burning, and so on and so forth. Bhikkhus, a learned and noble disciple who sees things thus, becomes dispassionate with regard to the eye, becomes dispassionate with regard to visible forms, and so on and so forth. Being dispassionate, they become detached. Through detachment, they are liberated. When liberated, there is knowledge that they are liberated. And they know birth is exhausted, the holy life has been lived, what has to be done is done, there is no more left to be done on this account. This the Blessed One said, the bhikkhus were glad and they rejoiced at his words. While this exposition was being delivered, the minds of those thousand bhikkhus were liberated from impurities without attachment. This is the fire sermon, and I've obviously shortened it because the same formula is used for all the various senses. And in a sense, the Buddha's talking about the senses, the mental phenomena which are burning with passion, aversion, delusion, suffering. So there's passion fire or you could say greed fire. There's 
aversion, hatred, anger fire. There is delusion or ignorance fire. And all the manifestations of suffering fire. So, what does the Buddha then say? Says, disenchantment. The practitioner becomes disenchanted. In other words, first it's to look and to see different people have translated this. The version that I read is the version in the Pali Sutra and it's considered the third teaching of the Buddha after his enlightenment. There are many variations and versions of this, condensations of this throughout the um, sutras in the Pali Canon and in there are, of course, many other collections of the Buddha's teachings since the Buddha traveled all over India and there's the various schools and traditions that grew up with collections of his teachings which several centuries later were written down. Uh, nevertheless, there are in all the different, not I shouldn't say that, not in all, in many of the different schools of early Buddhism where there were collections, there were versions of this fundamental sermon teaching. This one is from the Samyutta Nikaya. So, this word that in this version, this translation, which is a translation out of the book What the Buddha Taught by Paula Rahula, he uses the, ver- the word dispassionate, becoming the disciple who sees thus becomes dispassionate. And becoming dispassionate, he then becomes, being dispassionate, he becomes detached. That's his, in a way, teaching for the practice with this. In a way, you could say, being a practitioner, one is a firefighter. So, all Buddhist practitioners are firefighters. Fighters of this fire. Now, different versions use slightly different words. So, one says, through disenchantment, one becomes dispassionate. And um, another one uses the term through estrangement. He's estranged to this, then passion fades. So these are a number of different ways of saying what it is that's happening. But notice the words enchantment. Enchantment, that word in English, has a sense that we become blinded by some 
magical forms that enchant us so we no longer see reality as it is. In other words, passion fire is an enchantment that blinds us to what's so in our life, what's so in what we see, hear, smell, taste, touch, think about the thoughts, the consciousnesses, the contacts we have in life, what we feel are enchanted, made magically deluded, deluding. See, in a way it's like caught in self-centered dream. Caught in this dream of enchantment in this dream of reactive passions. That's the other word. Reactive passion habits which blind us, blind us to what we're seeing, hearing, smelling, tasting, feeling, thinking. See, it's not, the issue is never the senses, the consciousness, what we're doing and feeling, but how we become blinded to it, says the Buddha. And the pervasiveness, it's important to see the pervasiveness of the potential burning in all of human functioning. Not that human functioning is burning is problematic. But when we are enchanted, we burn in our life. And we can actually sense that sometimes. We can sense how we burn with anger. In fact, we have an expression, burning with anger, burning with hatred, burning with greed burning with lust. Some of you might be even familiar with various, um, what should I say, poets and people in the literate traditions who've used that kind of image. And of course, some of you who might be, um, uh, what should I say, fans of Poetry might know that uh, T.S. Eliot picked this up and used this in one of his poems in The Wasteland. Um, But there's often you hear, um, and this is very important for us because we can almost use this as a practice support and reminder if we can sense and become sensitive to the enchantment burning, the all the different ways in um, in the Jewish tradition where uh, which I was brought up in. There's a phrase, taivas, for these. Taivas, uh, in a way, 
it translates most simply into lust, lusting for, which is what the Buddha is talking about, the lusting fires, the passion fires, the greed fires, the hatred fires. And because they burn our life, they don't burn something else. Of course, we can burn people with them, which is what harming is. We can burn people with words and we can burn people with actions. But most of all, we burn our own life. That's what the burning that the Buddha is talking about. Not that the things out there are burning. No, no, no. You know, all the things out there, so to speak, are fine just as they are. Perfect just as they are. If better to say, perfect manifestations of this cause and effect life that we are. We're the one who are the flamethrowers throwing flames on those things to make them burning through our enchantments or our passions or our reactive attachment habits. We make the burning and therefore we also have the ability to disenchant disenchant, be free of enchantment, or be non-enchanting. Non-enchanting. See, so that, that's exactly what the Buddha talks about. Disenchantment allows us, or dispassionate allows us to be unattached allowing us to be released from these reactive habits that create the difficulties. So, not only do we spray the fire, but we have that same very energy that wants to spray the fire is our firefighting ability. You should join the volunteer fire department of your life. Be the volunteer firefighting firefighters of your life so that your hearing, seeing, smelling, tasting, and so forth, thinking, experiencing, are fire dousing. Because that allows us to, in a sense, release. And that's what, in this text, the Buddha talks about. They are released. He is released. She is released. Being released, being detached, is the liberation. Liberation from the fire. The ending of fire. And that's what we're always have available to us in experiencing. 
it's not that experiencing is something other than right where we always are. And yet, if we're not pouring fuel on the fire, not adding fire to the moment circumstance, then seeing, hearing, smelling, and so forth. Even the energy of passion, greed, grasping, hatred, anger, is just a rising, passing. The confusions are just that, and they need not set fire. The aging, sickness, death, what we call all the manifestations of suffering in a sense are revealed. So the firefighter doesn't have to redo anything because if the fire is put out, then all that was burning ceases to be burning. You don't have to rebuild anything. It's never burned up. The burning itself is an enchantment, but it's an enchantment that for us is true. Even the grieving and the pains and the distress is our opportunity to be, I'll say it, super firefighters, because not only do we enable the fire to be put out, but in experiencing, we enable the life to be nurturing and nurtured to be lived. See, that's what we're talking about in this. That's what the Buddha is talking about. The phrase used, the holy life is lived. What has to be done is, but is done. Now, of course, scholars can have discussions. I have here four different versions of the just it's, there's, it's not necessary for us to know the exact best etymological uh, source or translation for the particular word used, because all of them are just supports and reminders for our practice, for our particular practice to notice bodily to notice in all the ways of our functioning where we are adding fire and then to call our volunteer firefighter practice to the present moment, to the present moment fire that's being set, to the present moment fire that's running, that's the most important point of this sutra, this fire sutra. This fire sutra. And when we think about it, this, as I said, was the third teaching that the um, Buddha gave after the turning of the wheel 
the first two teachings that he gave with after awakening. At least this is what the tradition says. We don't have to worry or go into that very much. It's not important for us because what is important to us is that this is for us a tool to both see how and where the fire arises, to notice when there's a little bit of fire starting occurring in our daily activities, in our reactions, in our enchantments, stories that we're giving about events, about our life, about the others that we encounter in our life, about the circumstances in the greater world. Where are we enchanting it with our flame, no, with our fuel to fuel a fire? What fire are we setting to it? You know, what flamethrower are we using? Please notice that. Whether it's the flamethrower so-called directed at ourself or so-called directed at others. Whether it's a flamethrower that comes out of our mouth speech or our thought or our looking at or all the other functioning. That flamethrower is optional. It's added enchantment, reactive habit. But it's not necessary. And we, at each moment that we're throwing the flame, each moment that someone else seemingly is throwing the flame, at least in our ways of perceiving, we have the opportunity to douse the flame. Not only do we have the opportunity, but we have the capacity. And the capacity is a very simple one. The capacity is a very simple one. Whether we call it being disenchanted or whether we call it being dispassionate, that's what, as long as we focus the disenchantment on the source of the fire so that we're clear on what the source of the fire is. That's the noticing. That's the particular practice effort. That's the experiencing is the opportunity we have to put out the fire. In one sense, and this I'll mention, but we'll go into it more tomorrow. This is exactly what the Heart Sutra is addressing. Avalokiteshvara Bodhisattva doing deep Prajnaparamita clearly saw the emptiness. That's the firefighting, seeing the emptiness of all the five conditions. 
Heart Sutra talks about the five conditions. Here's the six external senses. Those are just different ways of describing what it is to be human, what we humans do as our life. That's the firefighting capacity that we all have. Here, the Buddha is addressing the cause. First, to see the fire, because otherwise we believe the fire. Otherwise, we suffer the fire, but we don't see that we're doing anything. We don't see that the fire is not coming from outside, from others, from circumstances, but from what we are doing with the circumstances, what we are doing with what others say, do, how they are. Once we see the source of the fire, then we can direct our firefighting to that source. We can be let go of the enchantments, of the caught in self-centered dream, the let go of the holding to the self-centered dream, caught holding to the thoughts, the feelings, the reactions. Let go of that. That's our opportunity, the letting go whether it's the noticing and letting go, whether it's the experiencing, that's our firefighting. Then, right there, right there is the opportunity to be liberated. Now, of course, and unfortunately, fires come back. They come back not because we've done anything inadequate in the firefighting, but in the habits and functioning of being human, of cause and effect. We discover that though yesterday it was all clear, today this reactive habit about what he said and what she did and what I thought and what I didn't do, this reactive habit pops up. Where it pops up from, we don't have to figure out. Though, of course, the Buddha talks about that exactly. The ideas are aflame. Consciousness is aflame. Contact is aflame, etc., etc. This, all of these are, have the potential of lighting a flame if we are caught up in that. And yet all of these have the potential of being doused, having the flame doused. So, we're just starting session. In starting session, as we get settled, one of the things we get to notice is where flames pop up. No need to add on some idea that they shouldn't pop up or I thought I got rid of this. That's just more flames that we're adding on. Wherever they pop up is our life of this moment. We don't need a story of a long so-called 
lifeline that in which we have ideas of what we carry along or not. It's this moment popping up the flame is this moment popping up taking care of flame. Is this moment being disenchanted, being, uh, I should say it differently, non-enchanted? Is this moment non-attached? Non-enchanted. It's actually, it's interesting, the word for disenchantment that's used is um, almost like um, free, letting go, letting the flame of enchantment go out. Disenchantment. Of course, from the beginning, we're not enchanted, and yet we can become enchanted. An enchantment is a... Um, well, what is it? It's a magical uh, something. There's a word in English, but I can't think of it at the moment. Some sort of magical film that goes over you and that creates an inability to see what is and instead seeing this fictional mirage of what life is. And it's this fictional mirage that then leads to the fire. So being disenchanted, being able to allow that fictional mirage to dissipate in this moment, not to do anything about what you're seeing, but that the mirage is no longer enchanting your vision, your hearing, your smelling, your tasting, your functioning, your bodily condition, your aging, your strengths, your so-called weaknesses, your pains, all of that is no longer enchanted, but all of that therefore becomes the opportunity to be the life of this moment, to be not trapped by attachments about how it ought and ought not to be. Or as the Heart Sutra says, to see clearly the emptiness of all the five conditions, to be clearly and therefore relieving suffering therefore being so-called, we use the word liberating, as the Buddha uses in this sutra, liberated from the enchantment mirage. Okay, this I think is enough to start the session, since all the bhikkhus who heard the Buddha were liberated. Maybe I'll read a condensed version of this for you, just a short version of what I read in the beginning, slightly different 
version, but that's okay. And all of you can for all of us can for a few moments share in the liberated life that we are. This is a different version. This version is by Bhikkhu Bodhi. On one occasion, the Blessed One was living in Gaia's head together with a thousand disciples. There, actually says monks. There, the Blessed One addressed the monks. Monks, all is burning. And what is the all that is burning? Eye is burning, forms are burning, eye consciousness is burning, eye contact is burning, and whatever feeling arises via the eye, whether pleasant or painful, or neither painful nor pleasant, that too is burning. Burning with what? Burning with greed fire, with hatred fire, with delusion fire, burning with birth, aging, death, with sorrows, lamentation, pain, displeasure, and despair, I say. The ear is burning, the nose is burning, the tongue is burning, the body is burning, the mind is burning. And whatever feeling arises via the mind, whether pleasant or painful, or neither painful nor pleasant, that too is burning. There's some editing there, just... Because in the formula, since this is given as an oral teaching and for many hundreds of years was simply recited as an oral teaching, as a mnemonic device, they would do the ear is burning and go through the whole litany then. Burning with what? Burning with greed fire, with hatred fire, with delusion, fire, burning with birth, aging, death, sorrow, lamentation, pain, displeasure, and despair. Seeing thus, the instructed noble disciple becomes disenchanted with the eye, with the forms, with eye consciousness, with eye contact, disenchanted with all feelings arisen via the eye. They become disenchanted with ear, with mind, with all feelings arisen via the mind. Through disenchantment, they become dispassionate or they become unattached. Through unattachment or detachment, they are liberated. When liberated, there comes the knowledge, I'm liberated. They understand Destroyed is being born. Holy life is lived. What had to be done is done. This is what the Blessed One said. Elated, those disciples delighted in the Blessed One's statement. And while this discourse was being spoken, the minds of the thousand disciples were liberated from taints by non-clinging. Thank you.